This is A Word, daily inspiration for life's journey, plain talk for plain folks. My name is Reverend James B. Barclay, Sr., the pastor of the Damascus Road Outreach Ministry. And I just want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Today, we will be discussing a text from Mark. Mark 4, 35 through 41. Before I read it, I would like to start with prayer. And then we'll go into this episode. Our Father and God, we come. Bowed heads and humble hearts. Thanking you for the many, many blessings that you've bestowed upon us. God, we thank you for your nearness to us. We thank you for the touch of the Holy Spirit and the way that you compel us to move forward. God, we thank you for forgiving us our manifold sins by word, by thought, by omission, and of course, commission. We thank you, God, because you're able to forgive. You're just and you're right, and we come to thank you. We ask, oh God, that you would hear our humble prayer today and bless those that need to be blessed. God, you know what they need, how, when, and where. And Master, we found out, because we've tried you, that you are that doctor in the sick room, that you are that lawyer in the courtroom, that you do make a way out of no way. That you're better to us than we are to ourselves. So we just come to say thank you today before we start to look into your word and ask that you would bless this effort. God, you know who needs to hear this. And I pray that it will be received in the spirit that is given. Now I ask, in the mighty and merciful name of Jesus to Christ. When it is my time to be called and only I can answer, I pray, O oh, Heavenly Father, that you will bring me to that prepared place for prepared people. I pray this prayer and I ask this simple blessing in your name. Amen. I find that it's always easier to start anything out with prayer. I'm, I'm about to get used to the podcast business. My daughter has diligently worked with me to get me to relax and just just teach. Uh, I can't go very far anymore because of the COVID. You know, we mask up and we go when we have to, but it's got us at home. But it's all right. We live in an age that we're never cut off. We live in an age that we can stay in contact with Facebook, with FaceTime, with Duo, with Zoom. So if you really want to keep in contact, you can. And then those of you that are still young enough to go out and do what you want to do anyway. (laughs) But I'm afraid I'm on that side where you have to just kind of be very cautious now. But I do suggest that everybody be very cautious. 
It's indeed a pleasure to be able to be in this branch of Zion one more time. Just to be able to share a word with you. I give honor to and praise to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the author and the finisher of my faith. And to my support group, my wife and my daughter and my sons, my children, my grandchildren, my family, and friends. I want to thank you for your comments, for the positive uh, feedback. Someone asked that you, I think you call them subscribers, so subscribe. I don't know what all that means, but my daughter said I should ask. <laughs> but anyway, let us move forward. We're going to use for a subject today, let us go over to the other side. Let us go over to the other side. And this comes from the text, Mark 4, 35 through 41. I think it's a favorite of preachers throughout. Everybody has their own slant on it. The uh, commentary people have their own slant on it. So I'm going to ask you to read the scripture and get your own slant on it. But I'm going to read it to you today. And the same day, when the evening was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat unto the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm, and he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, the hearers, and the doers of this most endurable word. Amen. Let us go over to the other side. The Gospel of St. Mark was written between A.D. 57 and 63, and according to the historians, the place is unknown. A little about the author of the book. Uh, I figured I would just teach. Um, it's easy to condense things, but let's just go and look into what we're reading from. John Mark was the second evangelist, was the son of Mary, a well-known and probably wealthy lady of Jerusalem whose house the early church frequently used to assemble. She was the sister of Barnabas, and the entire family seems to have belonged to the better classes of society. We've read of Barnabas consecrating his wealth at the feet of the apostles. If Mary retained hers, it was to spend it for the encouragement and the upbuilding of the little church and to afford a place of shelter 
and of hospitality under her generous roof. That's just a little history on it, just so you have a real feel for how the scripture is written. This theme is Jesus Christ as Jehovah, as Jehovah's servant. The servant's character is seen throughout the book. There is no genealogy of Christ, however, like it is in a lot of the other books. But in Mark, there's no genealogy of Christ. And basically, I guess the question was, is who writes the genealogy of a servant? Isn't that interesting? He was way more than a servant, but that's how he was viewed in Mark's gospel. It is a gospel of deeds and works rather than words, and that's how we should be. We should be a book of deeds and works rather than just talk. It was given by divine inspiration, just like Luke and Paul received from God and not from human sources, as alleged by some. You know, you know people want to detract from what God gives, right? Even then. People don't want us to receive anything directly from God. They think it had to come from some other source. The details of Christ's fatigue and sympathies and his love, his composure, solitude, wonder, grief, his sign, his anger, and other facts emphasize the servant idea of the book. So when we read the Bible, sometimes we have to read a little closer. And of course, <coughs> everybody's not going to, <coughs> excuse me. course, everybody's not going to read from the King James Version, so find a Bible that you can read from. Find one that's easy and simpler. Amplified Bible is a good one. There's a plain English Bible that's just plain talk, you know. So find one that you can read. It's still fashionable and it's online. You don't have to just get a Bible with paper. I just kind of like the feel of paper, and so I got books. But find one that you can read so you can get the real emphasis on and the effect from the words. Here are a few statistics for you, and a lot of people feel this is unnecessary, but I, I think it's good to know, and I'll be doing this when I give these podcasts. These are the statistics from this book. It is the 41st book of the Bible. It has 16 chapters, 678 verses, 15,176 words, 121 questions, 11 Old Testament prophecies fulfilled in Mark. There are 30 New Testament prophecies given in Mark. There are 582 verses of history. 43 verses fulfilled and 53 verses of unfulfilled prophecy. Two distinct messages from God and the word straightway is used by Mark more times than all the other gospels combined. Well, I got several. I use several books for study and my favorite is the Dake's annotated reference Bible. So 
a lot of the facts will come from those and I also uh, study with the Thompson Chain Reference Bible. So I use a lot of books, but those are good statistics. The parable explained. This is a parable. A parable is made up of two Greek words, para meaning alongside and balo meaning to throw. The literal meaning of the word is to throw alongside. The parable acts as an extended metaphor and it uses a familiar truth to illustrate or illuminate God's truth. So that's why there are parables. Stories. Something that we can relate to. Something that will give us reference points. And even though these were written thousands of years ago, still the same. That's the good thing about God's word. It's enduring. And for those of us that attempt to explain it, we have to leave it in that original context and we can't add or take anything from it. So I guess this preaching is not for everybody, but it is for me. Parable, the term translates the Hebrew word and uh, it denotes the metaphors and the sayings. So just that's what it is, just so you have an idea. And we're entering into the dialogue now, spend enough time talking about the historicity of it. I spent a lot of time researching this passage of scripture. And I read a great many excerpts from great writers, but out of all of that, nothing really rang in my soul except the one part of the scripture which says, let us pass over to the other side. So for just a little while, as we go through these episodes, I, I need you to follow me in your sanctified mind. I know that someone today needs to cross over to the other side. I don't presume to know your situation. But for some, I know it's time to move over to the other side. You've been caught up, tied up, and tangled up just a little too long. That's, that's how I was when I was diagnosed with cancer. I, I couldn't go to the other side. I, I was tied up, tangled up, and caught up with fear and anxiety and too much information, information overload. I was reading everything that came my way. I was looking at all the films the doctor gave me and all of the things they wanted to do and the way they wanted to do it. And my wife just finally said, wait a minute. Let's stop. Let's find out what is going to give you the best quality of life. And that was great. That allowed me through prayer and supplication to start to move over to the other side. So I'm still journeying. I'm still on my way. I know that someone is holding on to something they should have let go a long time ago. We often try to fix what cannot be fixed by human hands. And I know some of you have been hurt in church and by church folks, and you have found it hard to trust. Not just church folk, but that brings us a great amount of discomfort when we've spent our time in church looking for answers, and yet a lot of times we leave wounded. 
So let's go over to the other side. The pain and the uncertainty is affecting every relationship in our lives. It's time to move on and Jesus will help us if we would just open up and let him. I'll repeat that. It's just time to move on. It's time to let Jesus help you. It's time to let go. Let go of that hurt. Let go of that pain. Let go of that uncertainty. I, I need you to come over with me to the other side of what mama and daddy said, what mama and daddy did. I, I need you just to come on over to the other side. A lot of us observed a lot of things growing up. And even in our 30s, 40s, 50s, and even in our 60s, it still has an effect on us until we find an effective mechanism to release ourselves from that chain that binds us. Mama said it, daddy said it, mama did it, daddy did it, grandma did it, grandpa did it, the folk down the street did it, somebody did it. Well, it's time to let all that go. And I know for some it's very, very difficult because there are some things that are very, very painful. We can overcome many things. Sometimes you just need to talk to somebody, people. Don't, don't be stubborn. Don't, don't decide that you've got the answer when you don't. God has blessed us with not only his word, but he's ordained and sanctioned people that are certified in human behavior that can help us to work our way through our situations. It's no shame in talking with a therapist or a counselor. The only shame is that you don't get the help that you need. Talk to a pastor, elder, teacher, prophet, preacher, whoever you trust and believe that they have your well-being at heart. It's just time to go over to the other side. Take responsibility for where you are and realize that it's not your fault and it's time to move on, but you are unable to move on until you're willing to get the help that you need. It's available. Let us go over to the other side. I talk to people who are going through relationship issues, divorces, or been in relationships a long time with people that you loved and thought they loved you or you trusted them and then they betrayed your trust and now you're just caught up. You don't like men, you don't like women, you don't like nobody, you don't want to be ever in another relationship. You just have decided that everybody's alike. Everybody is not alike. It's time for you to put down that hurt. We've all been hurt in church. Stop acting like all churches are just the worst place in the world to go. No. Every now and then you might need to forsake, not forsake the fellowship and go and join yourself with other believers. And in today's world, you don't have to go inside the building. You can just do it online. Everybody do everything online, from what I understand. It's time to Stop categorizing everyone that's hurt you and projecting that on everybody else. 
I know what I'm talking about. I did that for years and years and years. And finally, God delivered me from that kind of thinking. Here in this discourse, and what we're talking about today, moving over to the other side. I'm sorry, I, I digress sometimes. I get caught up. But here in this discourse, we, we find Jesus. After the time of teaching, the disciples got into the boat that Jesus had been teaching from. And they headed to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Mark's gospel is the only one that mentions the other boats that were with him. Now you read the other gospels and see if I'm right. Ask your preacher, ask your teachers, but just see for yourself. Mark's gospel is the only one that talked about the other boats that were with him. It is said that this became a miracle of mercy on a wider scale than the, than the only salvation of the Lord's own boatload of frightened disciples. What does that mean? It was a wider mercy. It was a wider mission of mercy. He wasn't just concerned with his little boatload. He was concerned with the others in the other little boats. Every now and then we need to be concerned about the others. And that's so difficult when we're going through ourselves. It's hard to be concerned about the other folks. But in order to get on the other side, you're going to have to show some concern for somebody else. You may have to sacrifice a little bit for somebody else. You may have to pray a little harder for somebody else. You might have to exhibit to them the behavior that's necessary to move on to the other side. That might mean you may need to forgive somebody for something that has happened in your life. You might have to show a little compassion for the sick individual that hurt you, for the liar that lied on you, for the folk that fought against your program or fought against what you had going on, or for the folk that even stole your ideas and presented them as theirs. For the members in churches that want to be more pastor than the pastor. Yeah. I'm talking about church folk. Sometimes we have to realize that to be like Jesus, we're going to have to be able to cast a wider net and be concerned about the others. Let us, let us uh, today uh, talk about how concerned the Lord is with the people beyond the walls of the church. He's trying to take us over to the other side if we're willing to just go and get in the boat. See, we, we sit in churches a long time. I, I, I'm in an outreach ministry because I've always known that outreach was, in my mind, what Jesus called me to do. Now, he didn't call everybody to do it, and I know we got many, many outreach ministries, and the bigger churches have an outreach component. Everybody has an outreach component, but reaching out means reaching out. You know, so many people that are feeding the hungry and doing such notable things, those of us that go to prisons and do prison ministry, those of us that help uh, unwed mothers and youth and youth in trouble and the geriatric ministry. These are things that we need to do. These are, this is what we have to do. We have to be concerned about people that are outside the church. 
Sometimes we're the only church they're going to ever know until we convince them that the church is inside of them and they can be a witness. We can do that. Being concerned about the neighbor, about a kid, or teaching our children, our own children, are men that are responsible for children that they made and brought into the world. We have to remember that that's your responsibility. Mothers aren't just the only one responsible for the child. Single mothers that are raising children and will not reach out to the father. But those that are in a mixed family and you have become a parent and you have not yet realized that you have to be concerned about the child. The child came into the relationship with the woman or with the man. It is now your responsibility to parent the child. That's how you get over to the other side. Now, for those of us that just have insecurities, we're so insecure. I, I've witnessed this and I've talked with people since I've been uh, at home and talking with folks. I've always counseled folks, but something that continually is replayed to me that I never even imagined that was a thing. And that's men and women that are together that don't want the other partner to get ahead of them. Now, I, I never heard of anything so foolish in my mind. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have, I can't even, well, I, I don't understand that. You married, you're in a committed relationship and you don't want your partner to progress because it makes you look bad or makes you feel like you look bad or I don't get any of that, but that's just me because I'm old and cantankerous and kind of set in my ways and whatever my wife does, however Deborah progresses, then I progress. If I progress, then she progress. We in it to win it. If we win it, we win it. If we lose it, we lose it, but we're in it together. Relationships require a commitment that you're together. Then you get over to the other side because you're able to step out of your selfishness and realize that God made you and he made you a vessel for good and whatever he gives you and you're in a committed relationship is something that you share. You no longer can be selfish and mine, mine, mine. Yours, yours, yours. To get over to the other side, it's going to have to be ours. Three people in a relationship. The two partners and God. More than that is too many. In order to get over to the other side, you're going to have to invest in the time that you guys spend alone in prayer with Jesus. The mention of the other boats in verse 36 show us that God's grace extends from everlasting to everlasting. He knows that you need some relief today. He has seen your situation and heard your cries. Come on over to the other side. He knows how you pray and cry and for him, but just you just can't seem to move out of your situation. 
I suggest that you come on over to the other side. I guess I just stopped by to let you know that God's grace falls on everyone, the just as well as the unjust. You've already been forgiven, but you have to forgive yourself today. Come on over to the other side. While they were out on the boat, a squall blew up. It was a storm. The mountains around the Sea of Galilee, violent storms rising up without warning was a very common thing. Every now and then, we you've heard it sung, we have to speak to our storms. The storms don't give you a lot of warning sometimes. They blow out of clear sky. You know, you've been in a conversation and all of a sudden it turned just Violent. You said the wrong thing or someone perceived you wrong. And all of a sudden, a storm has brewed in your life. There are other reasons that storms come. But in this particular part of the world, the storms were very violent. The waves were very strong. They were so strong, strong that the water was breaking over into the boat. Boat filling up. And there we are in our lives sometimes. Some of our boats are filling up. And we're just standing there not knowing what to do. Listen, I, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Let Us Go Over to the Other Side. It's going to be on our podcast. My daughter says that the platforms currently are Google and Spotify, and I'm trying to share it on Facebook, and I hope that you're able to get an opportunity to listen with us. I thank you for this opportunity to share part of the word with you. This is a word. Daily Inspiration for Life's Journey. My name is Reverend James Barkley. I'm the pastor of the Damascus Road Outreach Ministry. And I hope to share with you next time. God bless. This is A Word. Daily Inspiration for Life's Journey. Plain talk for plain folks. My name is Reverend James B. Barkley, Sr., the pastor of the Damascus Road Outreach Ministry. And I just want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Today we will be discussing a text from Mark, Mark 4, 35 through 41. Before I read it, I would like to start with prayer. And then we'll go into this episode. Our Father and God, we come. Bowed heads and humble hearts. Thanking you for the many, many blessings that you've bestowed upon us. God, we thank you for your nearness to us. We thank you for the touch of the Holy Spirit and 
the way that you compel us to move forward. God, we thank you for forgiving us our manifold sins by word, by thought, by omission, and of course, commission. We thank you, God, because you're able to forgive. You're just and you're right, and we come to thank you. We ask, oh God, that you would hear our humble prayer today and bless those that need to be blessed. God, you know what they need, how, when, and where. And Master, we found out, because we've tried you, that you are that doctor in the sick room, that you are that lawyer in the courtroom, that you do make a way out of no way, that you're better to us than we are to ourselves. So we just come to say thank you today before we start to look into your word and ask that you would bless this effort. God, you know who needs to hear this. And I pray that it will be received in the spirit that is given. Now I ask in the mighty and merciful name of Jesus to Christ, when it is my time to be called and only I can answer, I pray, O oh, Heavenly Father, that you will bring me to that prepared place for prepared people. I pray this prayer and I ask this simple blessing in your name. Amen. I find that it's always easier to start anything out with prayer. I'm, I'm about to get used to the podcast business. My daughter has diligently worked with me to get me to relax and just just teach. Uh, I can't go very far anymore because of the COVID. You know, we mask up and we go when we have to, but it's got us at home. But it's all right. We live in an age that we're never cut off. We live in an age that we can stay in contact with Facebook, with FaceTime, with Duo, with Zoom. So if you really want to keep in contact, you can. And then those of you that are still young enough to go out and do what you want to do anyway. <laughs> but I'm afraid I'm on that side where you have to just kind of be very cautious now. But I do suggest that everybody be very cautious. It's indeed a pleasure to be able to be in this branch of Zion one more time. Just to be able to share a word with you. I give honor to and praise to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the author and the finisher of my faith. And to my support group, my wife and my daughter and my sons, my children, my grandchildren, my family and friends. I want to thank you for your comments, for the positive uh, feedback. Someone asked that you, I think you call them subscribers, so subscribe. I don't know what all that means, but my daughter said I should ask. But anyway, let us move forward. We're going to use for a subject today, let us go over to the other side. Let us go over to the other side. 
And this comes from the text, Mark 4, 35 through 41. I think it's a favorite of preachers throughout. Everybody has their own plan on it. The uh, commentary people have their own slant on it. So I'm going to ask you to read the scripture and get your own slant on it. But I'm going to read it to you today. And the same day, when the evening was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat unto the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm, and he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, the hearers, and the doers of this most endurable word. Amen. Let us go over to the other side. The Gospel of St. Mark was written between A.D. 57 and 63, and according to the historians, the place is unknown. A little about the author of the book. I figured I would just teach. Um, it's easy to condense things, but let's just go and look into what we're reading from. John Mark was the second evangelist, was the son of Mary, a well-known and probably wealthy lady of Jerusalem whose house the early church frequently used to assemble. She was the sister of Barnabas, and the entire family seems to have belonged to the better classes of society. We've read of Barnabas consecrating his wealth at the feet of the apostles. If Mary retained hers, it was to spend it for the encouragement and the upbuilding of the little church and to afford a place of shelter and of hospitality under her generous roof. That's just a little history on it, just so you have a real feel for how the scripture is written. This theme is Jesus Christ as Jehovah, as Jehovah's servant. The servant's character is seen throughout the book. There is no genealogy of Christ, however, like it is in a lot of the other books. But in Mark, there's no genealogy of Christ. And basically, I guess the question was, is who writes the genealogy of a servant? Isn't that interesting? He was way more than a servant, but that's how he was viewed in Mark's gospel. It is a gospel of deeds and works rather than words, and that's how we should be. We should be a book of deeds and works rather than just talk. It was given by divine inspiration, just like Luke and Paul received from God 
and not from human sources, as alleged by some. You know, you know people want to detract from what God gives, right? Even then. People don't want us to receive anything directly from God. They think it has to come from some other source. The details of Christ's fatigue and sympathies and his love, his composure, solitude, wonder, grief, his sign, his anger, and other facts emphasize the servant idea of the book. So when we read the Bible, sometimes we have to read a little closer. And of course, <coughs> Everybody's not going to, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> of course, everybody's not going to read from the King James Version. So find a Bible that you can read from. Find one that's easy and simpler. Amplified Bible is a good one. There's a plain English Bible that's just plain talk, you know. So find one that you can read. It's still fashionable and it's online. You don't have to just get a Bible with paper. I just kind of like to feel the paper. and So I got books. But find one that you can read so you can get the real emphasis on and the effect from the words. Here are a few statistics for you. and A lot of people feel this is unnecessary, but I, I think it's good to know. And I'll be doing this when I give these podcasts, these are the statistics from this book. It is the 41st book of the Bible. It has 16 chapters, 678 verses, 15,176 words, 121 questions, 11 Old Testament prophecies fulfilled in Mark, there are 30 New Testament prophecies given in Mark. There are 582 verses of history, 43 verses fulfilled, and 53 verses of unfulfilled prophecy. Two distinct messages from God, and the word straightway is used by Mark more times than all the other Gospels combined. Well, I got several. I use several books for study and my favorite is the Dake's annotated reference Bible. So a lot of the facts will come from those and I also uh, study with the Thompson Chain reference Bible. So I use a lot of books, but those are good statistics. The parable explained, this is a parable. A parable is made up of two Greek words Para, meaning alongside, and belo, meaning to throw. The literal meaning of the word is to throw alongside. The parable acts as an extended metaphor, and it uses a familiar truth to illustrate or illuminate God's truth. So that's why there are parables. Stories. Something that we can relate to. Something that will give us reference points. And even though these were written thousands of years ago. Still the same. That's the good thing about God's word. It's enduring. And for those of us that attempt to explain it, we have to leave it in that original context and we can't add or take anything from it. So 
I guess it's preaching is not for everybody, but it is for me. Parable, the term translates the Hebrew word and uh, it denotes the metaphors and the sayings. So just that's what it is, just so you have an idea. And we're going to enter the dialogue now, spend enough time talking about the historicity of it. I spent a lot of time researching this passage of Scripture. And I read a great many excerpts from great writers. But out of all of that, nothing really rang in my soul except the one part of the Scripture which says, let us pass over to the other side. So for just a little while, as we go through these episodes, I, I need you to follow me in your sanctified mind. I know that someone today needs to cross over to the other side. I don't presume to know your situation. But for some, I know it's time to move over to the other side. You've been caught up, tied up, and tangled up just a little too long. That's, that's how I was when I was diagnosed with cancer. I, I couldn't go to the other side. I, I was tied up, tangled up, and caught up with fear and anxiety and too much information, information overload. I was reading everything that came my way. I was looking at all the films the doctor gave me and all of the things they wanted to do and the way they wanted to do it. And my wife just finally said, wait a minute. Let's stop. Let's find out what is going to give you the best quality of life. And that was great. That has allowed me through prayer and supplication to start to move over to the other side. So I'm still journeying. I'm still on my way. I know that someone is holding on to something they should have let go a long time ago. We often try to fix what cannot be fixed by human hands. And I know some of you have been hurt in church and by church folks, and you have found it hard to trust, not just church folk, but that brings us a great amount of discomfort when we've spent our time in church looking for answers, and yet a lot of times we leave wounded. So let's go over to the other side. The pain and the uncertainty is affecting every relationship in our lives. It's time to move on and Jesus will help us if we would just open up and let him. I repeat that. It's just time to move on. It's time to let Jesus help you. It's time to let go. Let go of that hurt. Let go of that pain. Let go that uncertainty. I, I need you to come over with me to the other side of what mama and daddy said, what mama and daddy did. I, I need you just to come on over to the other side. A lot of us observed a lot of things growing up. And even in our 30s, 40s, 50s, and even in our 60s, it still has an effect on us until we find an effective mechanism to Release ourselves from that chain that binds us. 
Mama said it. Daddy said it. Mama did it. Daddy did it. Grandma did it. Grandpa did it. The folk down the street did it. Somebody did it. Well, it's time to let all that go. And I know for some it's very, very difficult because there are some things that are very, very painful. We can overcome many things. Sometimes you just need to talk to somebody, people. Don't, don't be stubborn. Don't, don't decide that you've got the answer when you don't. God has blessed us with not only his word, but he's ordained and sanctioned people that are certified in human behavior that can help us to work our way through our situations. It's no shame in talking with a therapist or a counselor. The only shame is that you don't get the help that you need. Talk to a pastor, elder, teacher, prophet, preacher, whoever you trust and believe that they have your well-being at heart. It's just time to go over to the other side. Take responsibility for where you are and realize that it's not your fault and it's time to move on, but you are unable to move on until you're willing to get the help that you need. It's available. Let us go over to the other side. I talk to people who are going through relationship issues, divorces, or been in relationships a long time with people that you loved and thought they loved you or you trusted them and then they betrayed your trust and now you're just caught up. You don't like men, you don't like women, you don't like nobody, you don't want to be ever in another relationship. You just have decided that everybody's alike. Everybody is not alike. It's time for you to put down that hurt. We've all been hurt in church. Stop acting like all churches are just the worst place in the world to go. No. Every now and then you might need to forsake, not forsake the fellowship and go and join yourself with other believers. And in today's world, you don't have to go inside the building. You just do it online. Everybody do everything online, from what I understand. It's time to stop categorizing everyone that's hurt you and projecting that on everybody else. I know what I'm talking about. I did that for years and years and years. And finally, God delivered me from that kind of thinking. Here in this discourse, and what we're talking about today, moving over to the other side, I'm sorry, I, I digress sometimes, I get caught up. But here in this discourse, we, we find Jesus. After the time of teaching, the disciples got into the boat that Jesus had been teaching from. And they headed to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Mark's gospel is the only one that mentions the other boats that were with him. Now you read the other gospels and see if I'm right. Ask your preacher, ask your teachers. But just see for yourself. Mark's gospel is the only one that talked about the other boats that were with him. It is said that this became a miracle of mercy on a wider scale than 
the, than the only salvation of the Lord's own boatload of frightened disciples. What does that mean? It was a wider mercy. It was a wider mission of mercy. He wasn't just concerned with his little boatload. He was concerned with the others in the other little boats. Every now and then we need to be concerned about the others. And that's so difficult when we're going through ourselves. It's hard to be concerned about the other folks. But in order to get on the other side, you're going to have to show some concern for somebody else. You may have to sacrifice a little bit for somebody else. You may have to pray a little harder for somebody else. You might have to exhibit to them the behavior that's necessary to move on to the other side. That might mean you may need to forgive somebody for something that has happened in your life. You might have to show a little compassion for the sick individual that hurt you, for the liar that lied on you, for the folk that fought against your program or fought against what you had going on, or for the folk that even stole your ideas and presented them as theirs. For the members in churches that want to be more pastor than the pastor. Yeah. I'm talking about church folk. Sometimes we have to realize that to be like Jesus, we're going to have to be able to cast a wider net and be concerned about the others. Let us, let us uh, today uh, talk about how concerned the Lord is with the people beyond the walls of the church. He's trying to take us over to the other side if we're willing to just go and get in the boat. See, we, we sit in churches a long time. I, I, I'm in an outreach ministry because I've always known that outreach was, in my mind, what Jesus called me to do. Now, he didn't call everybody to do it, and I know we got many, many outreach ministries, and the bigger churches have an outreach component. Everybody has an outreach component, but reaching out means reaching out. You know, so many people that are feeding the hungry and doing such notable things, those of us that go to prisons and do prison ministry, those of us that help uh, unwed mothers and youth and youth in trouble and the geriatric ministry, these are things that we need to do. These are, this is what we have to do. We have to be concerned about people that are outside the church. Sometimes we're the only church they're going to ever know until we convince them that the church is inside of them and they can be a witness. We can do that. Being concerned about the neighbor, about a kid, or teaching our children, our own children, are men that are responsible for children that they made and brought into the world. We have to remember that that's your responsibility. Mothers aren't just the only one responsible for the child. Single mothers that are raising children and will not reach out to the father. But those that are in a mixed family and you have become a parent and you have not yet realized that you have to be concerned about the child. The child came into the relationship with the woman or with the man. It is now your responsibility 
to parent the child. That's how you get over to the other side. Now, for those of us that just have insecurities, we so insecure. I, I've witnessed this and I've talked with people since I've been uh, at home and talking with folks. I've always counseled folks, but something that continually is replayed to me that I never even imagined that was a thing. And that's men and women that are together that don't want the other partner to get ahead of them. Now, I, I never heard of anything so foolish in my mind. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have, I can't even, well, I, I don't understand that. You married, you're in a committed relationship, and you don't want your partner to progress because it makes you look bad or makes you feel like you look bad or I don't get any of that, but that's just me because I'm old and cantankerous and kind of set in my ways and whatever my wife does, however Deborah progresses, then I progress. If I progress, then she progress. We in it to win it. If we win it, we win it. If we lose it, we lose it, but we're in it together. Relationships require a commitment that you're together. Then you get over to the other side because you're able to step out of your selfishness and realize that God made you and he made you a vessel for good and whatever he gives you and you're in a committed relationship is something that you share. You no longer can be selfish and mine, mine, mine. Yours, yours, yours. To get over to the other side, it's going to have to be ours. Three people in a relationship. The two partners and God. More than that is too many. In order to get over to the other side, you're going to have to invest in the time that you guys spend alone in prayer with Jesus. The mention of the other boats in verse 36 show us that God's grace extends from everlasting to everlasting. He knows that you need some relief today. He has seen your situation and heard your cries. Come on over to the other side. He knows how you pray and cry and for him, but just you just can't seem to move out of your situation. I suggest that you come on over to the other side. I guess I just stopped by to let you know that God's grace falls on everyone, the just as well as the unjust. You've already been forgiven, but you have to forgive yourself today. Come on over to the other side. While they were out on the boat, a squall blew up. It was a storm. The mountains around the Sea of Galilee, violent storms rising up without warning was a very common thing. Every now and then, we you've heard it sung, we have to speak to our storms. The storms don't give you a lot of warning sometimes. They blow out of clear sky. You know, you've been in a conversation and all of a sudden it turned just violent. You said the wrong thing or someone perceived you wrong. 
And all of a sudden, a storm has brewed in your life. There are other reasons that storms come. But in this particular part of the world, the storms were very violent. The waves were very strong. They were so strong, strong that the water was breaking over into the boat. Boat filling up. And there we are in our lives sometimes. Some of our boats are filling up. And we're just standing there not knowing what to do. Listen, I, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Let Us Go Over to the Other Side. It's going to be on our podcast. My daughter says that the platforms currently are Google and Spotify, and I'm trying to share it on Facebook, and I hope that you're able to get an opportunity to listen with us. I thank you for this opportunity to share part of the word with you. This is a word. Daily Inspiration for Life's Journey. My name is Reverend James Barkley. I'm the pastor of the Damascus Road Outreach Ministry. And I hope to share with you next time. God bless.